Okay. I think we're live. Recording. <laughs> Welcome to the first recorded conversation. <laughs> so what did you want to talk about? We were just looking at the Z thing, and I'm guessing that's why... I only had a brief, brief look at it. it. Were they really just doing it to create like a <laughs> super fast refreshing GUI? That makes no sense. You don't need a high refresh rate for a GUI and 3D spinning animations for text. Uh, and drop drop shadows. Yeah, so it's so over the top. So yeah, it's totally over-engineered, but <clears throat> I think it's funny. It's like from one of the former creators of Adam, <clears throat> which predates VS Code, which was like a god slow text editor. Wasn't Atom sort of competing with Electron in a way? It was using Electron, but it was like the first take editor, and it was god slow. It was just so slow. And, and then... And just like I remember reading some blog post of like, just like they just, I mean, I'm sure it's hard to create, but they were, we're doing like some pretty naive algorithms. And so it wasn't just like web technologies, they're just doing, it was just pretty badly made. And then VS Code comes along and then gets like, it's like Electron, but with really good engineering on top. Yeah, I mean, um, they invested so heavily in VS Code that they just, got better really fast. Yeah, it's kind of, it, it, it's ridiculous because I've got this, um, uh, I'm a bit um, tied to the Mac and so there's a little shop called Panic that make apps. They make like an FTP app. And so they they have decided to make a text editor called Nova. And um, it's sometimes it's just not as fast as VS Code and it's sort of sad to see because theoretically they should be able to do they're not constrained by Electron, but mm. it's often, yeah, a bit glitchy and or just a bit slow. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But no, you know, VS Code had so much investment, but I just don't understand. What, why are we burning millions of dollars on a new editor? Because <laughs> developers are the the new market. It's yeah, the, might, that's right. Might as well make a new developer. So make a new developer, developer editor and developer tools, make yeah. new databases for the sake of it. You know, let's yeah. let's make new frameworks. Well, we'll have it. Let's make new frameworks for, you know, for AI and for more web development frameworks and more frameworks for everything. Yeah, and the and the, I'm convinced like there's like the big thing about no code, but I'm convinced there's like a huge market for code code, where you treat developers like the kings and queens. And you give them really nice tooling, and you um, splat cash at them. Yeah, this was literally one of one of the business ideas, right? The growing what's the growing market now? Developers. So yeah, make stuff to sell to developers. Yeah, I think there was. Uh, I can have a look again now. There was like the React developer tools. If you look at it, which is a Chrome extension. If you look at how many users that there are of this extension, four million plus users. So four million. It's not just the, uh, people who are using React. It's people who are developing using React and then decide to install their like developer tools. It's four million people have decided to do that. Like, it's huge. Mm. So, yeah. if I was to create a product aimed at just React developers, four million people. Like that's massive. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. What else is going on in the uh, in the metaverse? <laughs> let's, see, let's see. Let's look at our little uh, set of posts. See what we've been posting. 
Well, I've been I've been looking at WebAssembly. Um, I have been mulling over like how to pitch WebAssembly. Um, I'm there's a bit of hype around WebAssembly. I I'm not. I think I've got a slightly different take on it. Um, what do you think the hype is? What's the what are people excited about, and what context? Um, well, I think one aspect is JavaScript is everywhere. We're just talking about Electron. You can use the same tools, often React, to create desktop applications. And so, hey, I know React. And then suddenly I can use those skills to create a desktop app. Like Even though Splat. it might be slow, but who cares? Because, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't care about performance anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I can create a Slack, or I can create, I think, a Discord is Electron. Or I think Figma might be Electron. Yeah, I don't care if it spins up 25 processes that all do the same thing and it slows slows down slower than Windows 95, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there was a good post on that. Yeah, <laughs> there was a uh, there was a thing that went a bit viral of someone running Windows. Uh, it's like the old version of Windows on 2000. Yeah, era, yeah, 3.1 on 2000. It was a bit unfair, but then they showed Windows 2000 on this uh, from hardware in that era, and it was like really, really fast. So, um, yeah, things are getting a bit bloated and slow, and that's what uh, us software developers do is we take advantage of hardware. And um, yeah, of course, that's why we need 120 frames per second to render text. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we go from one extreme to the other. Because, of course, people are going to be typing 120 characters per second, of course, right? Yeah. So. The, I think the pitch of part of the one of the pitches with WebAssembly is, hey, you don't have to um, write JavaScript. Um, people like JavaScript a lot more with things like TypeScript, and obviously there's there's a lot of speaking of investment in tooling. There's a lot of investment in the JavaScript space, but um, hey, it would be nice if I could use Rust to write my web webish application. Oh, hey, it'd be nice if I could use Go hmm. or C, C++, or some other language that um, theoretically should be faster than, um, like JavaScript is, a, is amazingly fast because it's had so much investment in optimizing it. Like it's just, it's bonkers what they've um, been able to squeeze out of it. But mm. it's, not, it's not really set up to be fast. It's just had millions and millions of dollars poured in to make it fast. Yeah, I mean the same thing's going to happen to Python, I think, next. Whether it's whether it's Mojo or something else, the same thing will happen in Python land. Python will get super super fast, and for all its warts, it will become the sort of de facto language for that set of problems. If you're building web web stuff, you're doing it in JavaScript, TypeScript. If you're doing it doing AI, any AI anything, you're doing it in Python. Yeah, I think, and I, like, I'm not going to say that um, JavaScript or Python aren't real programming languages, but I think there is, like, I, I don't agree with that, but I think there is an aspect where the people that are optimizing this sort of just see it as the same as, like, optimizing any interface. They just go, here's a contract, you write this, like, text, this code, and then on, the, on our back end, like, we're just going to do, like, whatever crazy tricks to optimize the hell out of that. Um, so I think... I think there is a bit of a blend where people see like code as like somehow like I'm throwing stuff directly at the process, like the CPU, but uh, code is just like text and you can optimize text in like optimizing anything. So 
you made an interesting point before I want to dig into. You said something about um, engine. It's it's not about no code. It's about something code like the okay code code yes yeah. code or yeah, yeah, what's, yeah. That, what's your idea there? Well, so like there's some stuff I've read of like why plain text one. Like obviously, you know, you've got protocols like HTTP, which um, have changed now, but the first version was just it was just a plain text protocol. Mm -hmm. um, HTML is just plain text. Um, Markdown is just plain text. Like plain text, um, I'll try and find the link, but there, there's good. Um, this is sort of old now, but good talk of how plain text just won. Um, and so code is sort of the most flexible medium for uh, like i'm not saying it's it has to be that way but a lot of these no code things when i try to use them it's just so freaking hard it's like not expressive like just when you're writing lines of text you can like quickly rearrange like one line one and line two um you can copy and paste yeah i mean i think what idea you're touching on is one that others have expressed which is I think everyone will become a developer to some level. Everyone's going to do some coding. Uh, I don't I, agree with that. that way. Like, no, like, I, got, know, I got strong opinions on that. Yeah. The way that you know, many people, you know, they might cons not consider themselves coders, but they're yeah. still using Excel and they're writing yeah. macros in Excel, for example. Right. Um, they might not consider it, but yeah. Yeah, you know what? They are. They're writing a bunch of code. Um, yeah. And in that way, do you think? more and more people who are not traditional developers or full-time developers will be writing code? I don't know. Like, um, I think but some people, it seems like a, like a lot of scientists have to write um, R or Python or like get deep into um, crunching numbers um, in that way. Um, maybe if you're in business, that makes sense for you as well. Um, but I think there's like a myth some sort of mythical aura around coding, which is, um, I, I don't think it should be put on the pedestal as highly. Like that's 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 like where like you got JavaScript or Python and one of these like accessible languages, and like I'm saying, like it is programming. Um, but I think it's like more of a spectrum. It's just like blurred. Like who cares in a way? Who cares if it's code or not? Like. Mm. Um, you're just throwing data at a computer and then the computer crunches it and who sort of cares if it looks like code or if it's sort of flavored less like code or or if it's just a prompt right yeah if it's just a prompt so yeah but i yeah i've yeah, got some strong opinions on being people being taught code at schools i don't well, do you think they should not be or they should be i don't think it should be prioritized i think it if people want to learn that stuff i think it's cool but I think, like, I th kind of think that there's other skills that could be taught to do with business that could be taught, um, even just, like, tax stuff. Oh, you can't get that. Then people will know how badly they're getting screwed you've got. Yeah, I think people should know that and teach them basic economics and it would, in, it would improve political discourse. And uh, all of a sudden, we can't post this video anywhere now. That's <laughs> crazy talk. <laughs> So, I think those things should be taught at school before. I don't think coding's like this fundamental yeah, um, building block. My kids are very young now in primary school, and they have, during school holidays, code camp. 
where they yeah. I think it's, it's cool to it's fun to learn. Like I'd learn it. There's no finance camp. There's no money camp. There's no here's <laughs> yeah. how here's how our government works camp. Yeah. Here's how yeah. our financial system works camp. It doesn't know that exists. It's just code camp. Yeah, I think it, like it's maybe it's partly popular because it's highly paid at the moment, and people see it's a good career, and people see it, it's it's fun to learn. But I don't, I just don't, I'm not sure if it's just like, may, I don't know, maybe if the, everyone learns how to code, it'd be kind of cool, but I don't know. I think it's clever marketing by a couple of businesses, in particular, yeah. Lego and Minecraft. I think yeah, right. Businesses did really, really clever marketing to get kids to code while they're building a ro Lego robot or to code while they're moving the Minecraft character around to get to do stuff. Very clever. And you know, for a set of kids, I think that will introduce them to coding. It's interesting because uh, it touches on those two interests they already have. But yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's it's fun to throw write a little thing like that turtle thing, or whatever, and like see something move on the screen, or mm -hmm. even Minecraft is yeah like that. Or it is fun. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just don't. I don't see it as like so fundamental. I don't know. I'm, yeah. Coding is hard, but I don't think it's. I think like coding. A lot of coding to me is like writing. So you should learn how to write as well. Like I, just, I don't just don't th think it deserves this aura. I think it's it's changed so much. It's difficult to um, to even know where to go with it. it. It it really is changing so much every year. Yeah. Yeah. Think about what what they were teaching twenty years ago. Like, most most uh, developers now don't know any of that stuff. They just don't know. Yeah, they need to know. Yeah, 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 and the, yeah, and there's so, so all these other tangents we could go down. Just you know, like memory allocation, and I'm not going to say I'm an expert at that, but just like in most languages you use, you sort of just you don't even think about that. But when you create an object, it has to be allocated somewhere, yeah. and that has a cost and create more objects and you know and then you've got garbage collection something ideally comes and cleans them up um we had yeah. a we had a stack overflow exception the other day and it was yeah, such right. a rare exception because we haven't had it we neither of us has, has seen it for so long that yeah. we almost got up and celebrated and you know, <laughs> nice. wow look at this it's so exciting we actually managed to do it you're actually like <laughs> bumping against the limits of what your yeah. your computer can do yeah. yeah, it was a stupid bug, but um, <laughs> it's just so rare. I mean, there's you know, the abstraction layers we've added have added lots and lots of bloat. That's good, but they have yep. made it, um, you know, easier to build things because you don't have to yep. consider such detail often. Yeah, and that yeah, so and try not to be negative. Yeah, try not to be gatekeepery or like say like, oh, I'm smarter than everyone else. I know something that people don't know, or but that's where I sort of. Do say that some of the a lot of the current coding it does feel like we're at a level high higher that it yeah it's blended with no code to me it's just it's yeah it, it's all blended it's all it's all a big spectrum and we're not when you just because you're writing code i don't think you're sitting on like one end of the spectrum mm. and just because you're writing no code i don't think you're not sitting within the spectrum as well you know, so we're talking about WebAssembly. Do you think that's going to play a part in this uh, sort of no code, lots of code 
change? Do you think people will get pushed further along no-code solutions because of WebAssembly modules or something like that? Um, the the reason why I think WebAssembly has a unique uh, advantage is be, is because it's web web technologies are often different because once you standardize on a web technology, they have to be backwards compatible. So if you come up with any feature that they add to HTML, you know, that, that was a bit of a reset with HTML5, but any feature you add, it has to be backwards compatible. So I believe like, for instance, they can't even, they can't add any more tags that are self-closing because that would change the parser and so that things that you would have to say, well, now the ABC element is self-closing, but previous parsers didn't know that, so that they would break. So the, there's like 12 or so like self-closing tags, like they're, they're finite, like basically forever, you can't have any more self-closing tags. Mm. Even stuff like, you know, JavaScript and CSS, they have to be like this append-only thing, which sometimes is what makes them a bit ugly, mm. but that's the way the design, like, the code you write deploy in 2010 has to like work in 2030. Mm. And so um, it's double-edged sword, but that's like what the web technologies give us. And WebAssembly is the same. So if I publish a WebAssembly module now, the .wasm file, it should, it sort of has to run, it will still run in 2030, 2050. And that's why I find that compelling. Whereas like the current tooling your Python code that you write. May not. Yeah. May not. JavaScript code that you write. It's not like may not, it's like pretty high chances that it won't. That's a really interesting point. I hadn't considered uh, that sort of long-term maintainability. You, you write you write some component in JavaScript today, probably in three months it won't even freaking compile. <laughs> yeah. some, something will break. Some well, that's, that, that's happening at the moment in odd. the React community. Um, they're, they're wrecked, they're wanting everyone to, I don't know, it seems like a really weird plan. They kind of want, they've sort of decided that server components are the new default. So the entire ecosystem of libraries is supposed to add this use client directive at the top of yep. their published package. And so you've sort of said all that, that stuff instead is broken. It's oh, really, it's weird. JavaScript breaks all the time, whether it's yeah, client server or the million dependencies you have, or the you know two hundred and five dependencies each of them have, and yep. so on and so forth. It's just it's just very very volatile. Whereas you write it on WebAssembly, uh, it's done, right? There's a finite yep. code; it will do its thing, and as long as the standard doesn't get busted, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. It should just keep compiling and keep working. It, it's like you actually have an executable, right? Yeah. Um, that's interesting. That is really interesting. It's, uh, it's, it's, that... a, it's a different contract with the world. Unlike other technologies, these sort of, I don't know, these webby technologies, that they have this contract, they have to be backwards compatible. Yeah, and, and that, that... Fundamentally different. Long-term maintainability. If you're working on anything that... Uh, you know, where you want it to keep operating 10 years in the future. In some ways, that's actually the one of the reasons people develop server tech in traditional Java or .NET yep. is exactly for that, because you, in 10 years' time, it's going to still work. Yeah, uh, The exact same thing will still freaking work in the exact same way. And uh, that's what people value more than the shiny new thing from this month. Yeah, like the, 
the people that I see who are really big fans of the JavaScript ecosystem, like it, it's, it's all trade-offs because there's like the, you can say there's been a lot of innovation in JavaScript. You kind of have to keep running with it to keep to keep up to date. Uh, so you sort of swap your library for managing state or whatever every um, pretty often. But um, it has like moved really quickly, like since like the jQuery days. So um, it that that's you can see a lot of positives in that. But um, I think it does have a like a cost. Mm. Um, quite sort of quite literally, it costs quite a lot to hire a group of people to manage all of that. So um, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, dude, great, great chat. Yeah. And uh, let's do this again soon. Cool. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs>